Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Louis D'Souza here on this Monday, September the 24th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for this day. And we're off to a great start with this week, as we always want to do on a Monday, because Monday is, in my opinion, the most important day of the week, because that's the day that we set the tone for the entire week. And if we can stick to that tone throughout the entire week, we always have a really happy week. And when we have a happy week, we have a productive week. We also have uh, an attractive week, attracting the stuff that we like instead of the stuff that we don't like. And it keeps us on that, uh, that, that in alignment place, that in alignment place where everything good starts to happen to us and, and continues to happen to us throughout our day. So Louie, how are you doing today? We haven't talked in a week, but how's it been going? Whoops, got a little audio problem there. Try one more time. Oh, I think we just lost Louis' feed. Well, while he's getting that back, I will just... Well, I can hear it kind of coming through there. Ah. Hi. There you are. What happened? You went away. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I was saying hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I was like, what? Where'd he go? <laughs> so good let me ask my question again. You? I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm absolutely fantastic. <laughs> well, that's good. You uh, you got back safely from your your trip to the continent. That's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, all's well. Yeah. I had a, a beautiful trip from Zurich uh, Airport, and they've got a little flight deck. You can go out with no glass and have a look at the planes. And the sun was setting behind the plane. I got some gorgeous photos. Oh, nice! Very that good. Beautiful, amazing. Yeah. All right. So uh, we thought we were going to be talking about basics this week, which is actually something I mean, we kind of always talk about the basics. But you're you're talking about actually doing you know, like the whole thing with the basics right from the get-go for somebody who's new to this. And it's a good idea because we haven't done it in so long. I'm not even sure when was the last time we did it. Like, you know, it would be measured in years, something like that. So <laughs> Sounds like a good time to do it. Sounds like a good time to do it. Well, actually, that's not entirely true because Wendy and I did uh, – the Abraham book, The Law of Attraction, The Basics of the Teachings of Abraham. So I guess that counts, right? But, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so you want to get us started. And when you are talking with somebody, particularly somebody new to the Law of Attraction, where do you begin? How do you, how, what's your starting point? Well, um, I uh, have kind of formed a, a, a way of that I usually do it. And, uh, uh, I usually start with the universal law of attraction, those words. And I start with the word universal. And what I'm, what I'm, I explain is that universal is the law of the physical universe from the beginning of its time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's never changed. It's never varied. It's never differed. And it goes on and it'll go on forever as long as there's a physical universe. So it's a universal and then it's a law. So, it's it's a basic primal law that everything obeys and always has obeyed and always will obey. And it's about attraction as opposed to assertion. And uh, Interesting contrast, attraction versus assertion. Yeah, yeah. We live in an attraction-based universe where there is no insertion. So all those uh, cartoons that we see, uh, insert thought here, that doesn't apply anymore. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Um, that, that needs more explanation, but we'll go into that in, in, oh, okay, good. in, in later on. It's, it's, it's a very, very important part is to understand that there is no insertion in an attraction-based universe. None at all. So in other words, you create your own reality. Okay. Yeah. So, so here's your starting point. Where do you go with it from there? I mean, 
So well, then I talk about law. So, you know, okay. the, the law says there's ignorance of the law is no excuse. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it, it's kind of the same with the law of attraction. But, you know, if you like it or not, if you know it or not, if you use it or not, if you're conscious, conscious of it or not, it works. And it will work. It will continue to work. It works in the same way. And it's, 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 it's beauty is in its consistency. And its appreciation, I find, is the consistency. The fact that it, it never varies. It never changes. It never takes sides. It never, nothing, nothing ever happens other than it does the same continuously. Then um, I, I kind of just give a brief explanation of, let's say you're focusing, and I've got this little picture here, which we're going to put up after the audio um, next to the podcast, I'm guessing, um, that if you focus on a positive symbol for 14 seconds, and let's just play that out a little bit. I see a positive symbol. I like red positive symbols, and I really enjoy them, and, and, and they're fun. and. Uh, uh, they, they, they bring me a lot of satisfaction and, you know, I can just see it clearly in my mind and I like, I like the kind of metallic color to it as well. And, you know, you can go on for 14 seconds really appreciating the positive symbol. And then after 14 seconds, the universal law of attraction has enough momentum to bring more to, to, to of its own power to give you more of what you've been focusing on. Now, I'm curious, 14 seconds, where does the 14 come from? And the reason I ask is Abraham Hicks uh, usually uses 17, so I'm curious about 14. Yes. Um, Abram used to say 17, and now Abram says 14. Oh, really? I hadn't heard the change. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember when somebody asked Abram, why 14 seconds? And they will say, they said something about, well, when you time how long a kettle boils, you know, you, you can get a figure. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that that's not particularly a clear answer, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the closest I've got to hearing them. Explain. They're not particularly interested in answering that one. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps um, it has something to do with the fact that uh, time is relative anyway. Maybe that's – they're they're trying to find well, a way to – Well, they, they were saying that the, the stream of humanity is getting faster. The stream is getting faster. So, in other words, our – Focusing more on what we want, less on what we don't want, is getting um, more. So, therefore, the time. So, if you were completely in alignment all the time, you'd have instant manifestations. The law of attraction would kick in straight away. In other words, the resistance is going down, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. Humanity is, and, and as far as I understand, they're basing it on a collective of all the humanity. Mm. Interesting. I, I had no idea that things were speeding up that quickly. Yeah, I mean, they've been going for what, 35 years? Something like that, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, in the space of you know millennia, that's not all that big. That's a pretty small number of years. It, it, it is, and it's quite a few seconds that shaved off. Um, so, you know, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the prime mover of the, the speeding up is the teachings of, the, of, of Abraham. No, I wouldn't be surprised either, yeah. And, and, well, it also, it means... It, well, it implies anyway that those of us who continue to row upstream to use their, their upstream downstream metaphor yeah, yeah. have an even harder task than we had before. 
<laughs> because <laughs> the stream's moving even faster than it was. That's right. <laughs> no, it's, it's not going to be harder. It's just going to get bigger quicker. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess, well, if you're if you're rolling upstream, though, it means that you're getting nowhere faster. <laughs> yes, but what it means is your problems are going to get bigger quicker. Ah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but that well, that that has interesting um, corollary possibilities to it, then, doesn't it? I mean, if problems are getting bigger faster, that means the. Ma- and let's be honest, to this majority, the majority of people around the world who really don't understand the law of attraction or certainly haven't expressed any interest in becoming deliberate creators using the law of attraction are going to find their problems getting worse and worse and worse pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then they're going to be tempted to either follow the rocket of desire or croak. So there's going to be a lot of croaking going on. <laughs> I said there's going to be a lot of rocket designs going on. Well, hopefully that. I, I just I just noticed the pattern. You know, I've been watching the pattern for most of my life, and reckon, and I was yeah. a part of that pattern. I'm, to some yeah. extent, I still am part of that pattern, and it's not a pattern that's easy to break out of. So, I mean, I do know that when you run into a, a really crisis kind of situation in your own life, not so much what's going on in the, in the larger world, but in your own life in some way, you kind of hit bottom in some way, you do have the incentive in a much bigger way to turn things around. And certainly a lot of people do that. But there are also plenty of people who don't. That's what's so interesting to me is that, yeah, there, there are going to be lots of rockets of desire. How much mm-hmm. is How much is the resistance going to come down? I mean, they're saying overall that the, the resistance of the human stream is decreasing. That's a good sign, mm. you know. So, so I'm, I'll, I'll latch onto that part, and I'll, I'll feel good about that part. But I also know there are going to be people who are going to be hanging on like crazy to the old ways. Yeah, yeah. it goes back to illusions and that, that initial stream that he's holding. Oh, no, it is. Did he make an allusion to streams in, in illusions, Richard Bach? Yeah, in illusions. Remember the the, um, the 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 initial story. Oh no! I, I might get oh it. no no! Oh, that, that's right. Seagull, isn't it? Well, in illusions, I I was just remembering there was one point where they walk on water and then they walk in mud. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, um, so um, that's not it. Okay. It is Jonathan Livingston Seagull. And uh, Seagull. Okay. I, and it's a great analogy about a crystal stream and holding Guys. on to the sides while the stream is going instead of letting go and going. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes. And and uh, the the creature that, that refused to cling and everybody said, oh, you're going to be dashed upon the rocks. Yeah, and then he's flying over them as the monster. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch, one of us who can fly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a fish who can fly, yeah. Um, but... I, I wanted to, to emphasize an aspect now. So you focused for 14 seconds. Now, the universal law of attraction of its own power, not your power now, nothing to do with you, of its own power starts bringing you more positive symbols into your life. Now, you say it has nothing to do with you. What, what I'm saying is you've done the initial work. You've, ah. you've focused on it for 14 seconds. You've let it go. Now, the universal law of attraction of its own power brings in more of what you were focusing on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you say instead of a plus symbol, you say positivity for 14 seconds, then you will get more positivity in your life given to you by the law of attraction of its own power. Now, I'm going to ask you the question that I often ask um, when, we're, when we're in discussions that 
involve positive and negative energy and positive and negative focus. Sure. And that is, do you think that there is a significant difference between positive energy, so-called, and negative energy, so-called? Um, there is no real difference in anything other than whatever you focus on, you get more of. Mm-hmm. Uh, calling it positive, calling it negative, I mean, there's so many variations in between that. All I will say with clarity is that whatever you focus on, yes. emotionally, mentally, physically, etc., you will simply get more of, no matter where it is on the scale of positive or negative. I, I think the question is significant because it's a way of, of kind of bringing one to the realization that positive and negative is really a value judgment made by the person who's doing the attracting. Absolutely. So it's really, if you say that it's positive, it means you think it's positive. It's positive from your perspective. And if you yeah, think it's, it's negative, then it's from your perspective. The fact that there is no real good or bad it doesn't exist. Except in our own preferences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in truth, whatever you're focusing on, you're just getting more of. It's, it's 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 so simple that it's a bit confusing sometimes. Isn't that the way it always is with simple concepts? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so continuing with, with, with this law of attraction, if you focus on a negative symbol for more than 14 seconds, you're going to draw more negativity to you or um, unhappiness or depression or whatever the negative emotion is. Um, so literally anything more than worrying about something for more than 14 seconds is going to amplify it. Universal law of attraction kicks in. It's got enough vibrational momentum to start giving you more of what you're worried about. And I, I use both sides so that people can see it's not limited to any, any one aspect. Then <clears throat> what we really want to do is if we are stuck in the negative there are four basic steps to move into the positive. Okay, and they are? Well, when you're focusedly negative, you want to go to generally negative. When you're generally negative, you want to move to folk, uh, generally positive, and from generally positive, you want to go to focusedly positive. That's the basic four steps that Apron teaches. General, um, specific, okay. Yep. So let, let me give you an example. I used to have, before the law of attraction, an incredibly big problem and it really frustrated me. I used to lose my keys all the time. And I used to be so angry, so frustrated, and I'd run around the house like a headless chicken and I'd be angry. And I'd like, where are my keys? Where are my keys? Where are my keys? And um, a few times I would stand in front of my wife who's got an active vibration of finding everything all the time. Stand in front of her and um, I'd say, where are my keys? Do you know where my keys are? She'll stare at me and say, they knew a hand. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. So when you're focusedly negative, you can't even see something, even if it's in your hands. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Sometimes. You know, sometimes you're not that bad, so you can pick it up. Um, And and it'll just vary on on where you are. But if you're really focusedly negative, you, you can be completely blind to finding anything that you want. I've seen that sometimes with my wife when she'll she'll be you know sitting at the couch and she's got her computer in her lap and other things and she's like reaching around for for something and where are my glasses and I'll say they're on your head 
Ed. <laughs> oh. It's incredible how that happens. You know? Yeah, it really is. And any of us can do it. I've done it. I've done stuff like oh, that yeah. all the time. Um, so when when I started realizing this is how this works, I said, let me go generally negative because I know going to focus positive is too far away from me. This is too big an active vibration that I can't find my keys. So I will go to, wouldn't it be nice if I found my keys a bit more often? And I played with that, played with that. And I started finding my keys more often. And then I moved it up uh, a scale. I said, you know, I find my keys uh, a lot more often now. And that started working for me. And then I started to get generally positive. When I haven't got focusedly positive yet, I don't always find my keys by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm now in the uh, generally positive where I find my keys most of the time. So those four steps are very, very important to to go from where you are, where the problem is, to the solution. And when you're in the vicinity, as Abram says, when you're in the vicinity of the problem, you're nowhere near the vicinity of the solution. It's true. And, and conversely, for somebody who doesn't normally lose their keys, it can be kind of baffling to help somebody who does lose their keys. I, mean, I, I never lose my keys. I always have them. I always know yeah. exactly where they are. And but you hear your words. I know exactly where they are. Oh yeah, that at all times. The vibration. It's always right there. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a very confident, strong yeah. belief, and and I just you can feel that in your words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so when somebody says they're always losing their keys, I you know first I, I chuckle a little bit, but I don't want to laugh too loudly because I don't want to embarrass or humiliate them or anything like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but deep down inside, I'm saying to myself, but it's easy to to know where your keys are. <laughs> How and did you not know? Because you've built up that active vibration. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, that's just it. <laughs> and I did over a long period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm getting there and I'll be there. And I can feel that I'm going to be able to say that at a stage sometime in the future. <laughs> now, now, of course, the, the really yeah. humbling part is even though I know exactly where my keys are, there are other things I don't know where they are. And I do get frustrated about them. Now, yeah, now yeah. that's the ironic part, right? Because on the one hand, there are certain things I'm really good at. I, I have no doubt of, about where my keys are going to be. I may not have a clear idea where my car is. But <laughs> <laughs> Lost in the airport car park. <laughs> Keep pressing that button. Where's where's the beep, beep, yeah. beep, beep, right? <laughs> Hold on that. <laughs> no, actually, that doesn't happen too often either, I have to admit. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, that, but, that, but that's the but kind of thing that can happen though. You know, you have, you have one thing, that one little thing that you just can't seem to get around. And so because you believe you can't seem to get around it, you can't seem to get around it. Mm. And that's, a, that's such a daunting concept. How is it that I can just block myself off by believing that I, I can just block myself off? It seems crazy. Yeah. Doesn't it? Well, what I started to realize was that there's a lot of subjects out there that we focus on. Yeah, that's true. And some subjects we are positive about, mm -hmm. about, focused about. Oh yeah. Have nice, strong, active vibration about, and some we have a very nice, strong, active vibration of what we don't want about it. Mm -hmm. And every subject has got a slightly different vibration for us. Yep, it does. It's true. <laughs> and then. You start looking at different subjects in your head and say, you know, 
which ones do I actually want to build up from focusly negative, generally negative, generally positive to focusly positive. And the focusly positive ones, you're now aware of them and you don't even think about them. You just leave them to be active in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and you bring yourself up with some of the others that you want to focus on. <clears throat> of course, there's also an additional source of confusion that goes on because, like you say, there are a whole lot of things we focus on. And in, v- invariably, even those of us who are deliberate creators, we're flitting from one to the next throughout the day because that's just the way our days go. There's so many things to deal with, so many things you know, that we're, we're interested in or not interested in or whatever, and we're constantly making decisions. Yes, I want this. No, I don't want that. Yes, I'll do this. No, I won't do that. You know, On and on and on. When you have all that stuff going on, well, first of all, it creates a bit of a confusion when it comes to understanding the model because at any given moment in time, I could be attracting this and not attracting that and attracting this unwanted thing and not attracting that wanted thing. And there's like four different things going on there, and they're all in the same space. That's that. That's and that's just four. You know, what happens if you have a hundred of them? And now, now you're trying to, to keep track of all that stuff, and that's like, ah, what's going on? I can't handle this. <laughs> you have to keep track of them. No, you don't. But it feels like no. you do. Uh, when you're in that go. negative space, I mean, when you're in that, when you're when you're trying to. At least I found this. Maybe this isn't true for everybody. But I found that when I was first trying to become a deliberate creator mm-hmm. and I recognized and I did recognize very early that if it's all about how you're feeling and that your thoughts govern your feelings, well, I recognized very early on that I was experiencing a lot of negative thoughts, so many of them that I couldn't chronicle all of them. I couldn't keep track of them all. And it's every scary time to see how negative you are in the beginning. That's oh, like, God. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. God. Where on earth do I start? <laughs> Who could possibly swim out of this? <laughs> so anyway, when you're in that spot, when you're in that place where it just seems like everything's negative and, and you, you put out one feeble, positive thought and it gets washed away in a sea of negativity. You do paint a picture. <laughs> you see what I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> but... Um... You know, so then we focus on a positive one, and, and, and we may be able to hold it for a bit longer, and then a bit longer, and then a bit longer, and then the next a bit longer. And then as we get into a more positive space, we can hold them longer. And then we've got the, which I see a lot of the people in the different podcasts, the co, um, what am I called, co, a co-host, co-host, um, are talking about is, um, is you know, um, you create your own reality and um, you, you've got to focus so much on what you want and not what you don't want. So you, you keep on moving the, the goalpost forward, forward and forward and then you, you use what I've heard a lot also on the, on the calls is uh, pivoting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so slowly but surely um, you get into a far more positive place and do you know what one of the greatest effects I have found of going into the positive place is for me, and that is your thoughts aren't torturing you so much anymore. That's true. It takes really a while to get there, but down. yes. Yeah. I used to be really weighed down by mm-hmm. uh, my thoughts. It, it used to really torture me. I could feel how physically manifested that torture because mm-hmm. I yeah. was spending so much time focusing on what I didn't want. And it literally has the ripple effect into the body, which is great because, you know, it's showing you something's wrong and then you 
following routes like Louise Hay, you know, when you when you have the physical aberration, you, you, can, you can follow it through to the mental uh, thought process. You know Louise Hay's book, I'm guessing. Oh, oh yes, yes. Well, you can heal you. Well, Louise, Louise is, is I, actually, I just saw an interesting um, infographic that included her on it. It said that at age 57, Louise Hay was bouncing checks, and a few years later, she was running a publishing empire, which I think yeah, is really yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, she started really late in life. With yeah. All this. Yeah, it did incredibly well. But uh, it, it was fascinating because I had a, a hernia at one stage. Ouch. And uh, something said to me, have a look at um, at Louise Hay's book. And All right. Go to Hernia. And I saw ruptured relationships. And I said, oh, of course. And I just had a property which I was doing up in Scotland, one of my properties. I had a lot of problems with them. And I literally had to fly up, sit in the property and start doing it up and getting the right power group of people around me before I could leave it. And my best friend, husband was doing it up and he didn't, he, he completely reneged on everything he was, said he was going to do. And I'd, oh I'd given him some of the money up front and, you know, I kind of lost it and I was mm. trying to speak to my friend and, you know, it was, it was, and, and she, she blew up and said, I'm, you know, I'm supporting my husband and uh, I'm not going to speak to you. And she cut me off. And then my sister in South Africa completely cut me off and, and so I had two ruptured relationships, which I was dealing with. Mm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, hernia, ruptured relationships. Um, and, uh, you know, how accurate is that? And, you know, I had this nudge to go open the book and have a look for ruptured relationships. So, um, yeah, it, it was really, really interesting how you can start trailing. Um, and sometimes not that accurate, but you can start seeing the, what physical problems you've got and, and, and what mental uh, how mentally, uh, what you think, and you can use different words, etc., et to focus on pivoting from what you don't want to what you want, um, and that's what Louise Hay, Louise Hay was very good at and helped a huge amount of people. Um, I can see still today um, the effect of that book and, and what it's done for many, many, many people. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it has definitely uh, filled its niche in a huge way, and. I think it's also inspired a number of people we would consider today to be law of attraction gurus, uh, yes. probably, probably because she was responsible for helping to publish many of them, and yes. pro probably yes. because what she wrote influenced what they were starting to teach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so we get back to the basics of how the law of attraction works. Okay, so we understand that there's this, this simple not necessarily simple to implement, but simple process of pivoting one small increment at a time from the bad feeling place eventually to the good feeling place. Mm -hmm. and, and you're right that over time, uh, you can notice that your own, what, your own emotional set point has improved. Your, your, your yeah. feeling state has improved. Point of attraction. Yeah, point yeah. of attraction. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found that in my case, I had to, kind of beat my head against this thing for a couple of years and then look back and realize, oh yeah, I guess I am feeling better than I was. Cause you don't notice, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's like every time that you make little tiny changes in your own life, you're, you're still the same person you were before. You're still kind of in the same place you were before. It doesn't feel like anything really happened. You have to kind of look at it over the expanse of time to realize you actually went downstream. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, you, I started realizing it with clarity again with my thoughts, how they weren't torturing me so much anymore. Mm, yeah. Um, with the fact that my health was better. Mm, yeah, well, that helps uh, a lot. Yes. And, and my, my health was already fairly good, so it, it was a contrasting health. Well, any time that you're not feeling well, or especially if you have chronic pain or something along that line, when that changes, you notice that you're one pretty really quickly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you okay. notice that pretty quickly. That doesn't take too long. When, when so, you're so, when you're trying to remember, I'm sorry, when you're trying to um, uh, notice, you know, that you're happier, that can be harder to spot sometimes. Well, what I noticed really, I noticed that I wasn't staying upset for as long as I used to. Ah, yeah, that's a good measure. Yeah, it was like much shorter. Mm-hmm. I would blow up, and then you know, hey, it's okay. <laughs> just like that, you know, much, much, much quicker. Yeah. Pivoting was, you know, less focused more on what you want, less on what you don't want. So it, it, if somebody says to me, what are you teaching? Um, I would have to say alignment. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And of course, alignment me needs some explanation. Yeah. Alignment. The, when I first heard that word meant nothing to me. Exactly. Exactly. So you can probably replace the word with happier. Yeah, that's what I usually do. Feeling yeah. better. Yeah. Feeling better. Um, feeling good. Um, so when, when you're in the feeling good place longer or more than you're in the feeling bad place, then um, the, the whole pivoting is changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something you don't want. Yeah, that, that's one of those things that kind of catches you early on. You say, well, wait a yeah. minute. I've been focusing on this thing for the longest time. Why is it that I still don't have this thing that I keep focusing on? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. seem possible. I mean, I, or, or like you say, let's actually turn it around. I keep saying, I don't want this thing. I don't want this thing. I keep making it really clear I don't want this thing, and it keeps showing up. <laughs> well, of course it's going to if you understand the law of attraction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm playing the role of the person who's still learning this thing. <laughs> You know what I, I, I like to use as an example? We are fighting against cancer. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's like, come on. We, we here in America are very good at, at declaring war on things. We declare war on poverty. We declare war uh, on cancer, terrorism. terrorism <laughs> and we declare war on everything, war on drugs. We've been fighting that one since I can remember. Uh, and sugar at the moment. I think that's a big one. Yeah, war on sugar. Oh, that's, yeah, that's huge. And, and the most fascinating thing is we never win. <laughs> <laughs> We just make it bigger. Wow. We just make them bigger. <laughs> One of these Maybe days, I, I, I keep hoping we're going to notice the pattern, but so far. <laughs> uh, One of my history teachers said to me when we walked into the class, said, guys, I'm teaching a subject I've got a bit of a problem with. He said, the only thing I've ever learned from history is that we don't learn from history. <laughs> 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 okay, open your textbook on page. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good positive way to start the class. I like that. Yep. <laughs> uh, but isn't that the way it so often is? I mean, you know, take any of those wars on that we just mentioned, and it always starts off with a relatively small problem that, like you say, gets larger over time. But when it starts small and it's identified as a problem, one of the first things that you'll inevitably hear is that phrase, the one you just used, we don't learn from history. 
And I think to myself, now that I understand the law of attraction, well, that's a bit of a setup. <laughs> because we just declared we're not going to learn from history. history exactly. <laughs> okay. Now, that's not what the person who said that intended. No. The, the person no. who said that intended to mean, well, we well, haven't been learning to history up until now, but now we're going to start learning from history, and we're going to do that by fighting a war. Yeah. They don't seem to understand that that doesn't make any sense. Totally <laughs> screwed. Oh, well. <laughs> I guess I'm particularly sensitized to it just because I've I've seen us here in this country declaring these wars all my life. And I just, after a while, I just kind of shake my head like, okay, yeah, well, how's that working out for you? You've heard that story that uh, Mother, Mother Teresa was invited to an anti-war campaign. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And she refused, and then somebody, not not so long afterwards, said, uh, "Would you come to a peace rally?" And uh, she said, "Sure." No mm-hmm. Yep, she knew the difference. She knew the difference. And uh, it, it, it's important for people to get that when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something you don't want. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I'll give you an example. I was in the sauna, you know. I know a lot of sauna stories. <laughs> And there was this gentleman who really likes his cars. Okay. He's got a really good car, etc. A lot of them, actually. <laughs> um, and uh, he, he was saying that, you know, I was saying, oh, I can't wait for the automated cars to come out. And, you know, you just get in, tell it your destination, and off you go. Ah. Beep and read and do whatever you want, listen to podcasts. <laughs> um. On, on the way, and, you know, he was saying that shouldn't be allowed and it's dangerous and things like that. And I was like, okay, so maybe for you, but what about for the rest of us? They, 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 they shouldn't be allowed because they're dangerous? That, that's an interesting psychosis he's got going there. Um, you know, because technology can't deal with with all the factors involved that a human can. And, and so was going on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. He apparently hasn't been t- paying a whole lot of attention <laughs> to the tests that have been done. <laughs> But um, it was interesting because somebody popped up in the sauna and saying, oh, this company I've been working for, Whistle, I can't remember who it was Whistle for, has just bought uh, 650,000 pods for England. Mm-hmm. These these one-man pods. Okay. Just going to like go into your Uber app uh, kind of thing and, and book it and, and it'll come around to your house and jump in and just tell it where to go. Okay. Um, so they're already getting some of the highways and all the rest of it sorted out with special cat eye sensors and other things for, for, for all these cars that are coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's definitely there. It's it's not like a, a concept that's too far away or too far out. Oh, yeah. No, this is definitely and, coming in, in a very short period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I said to the guy um, – I was confused because you're saying to me, I'm not allowed to do what I want to do. So so what happens if I turn around and say to you, you can only use an automated car. How would you like me to tell you that? So it's the same as the other way around. He's telling me nobody should be allowed to use an automated car. I'm saying you, you can't want for other people. You can want for yourself. Remember we were talking about, um, white magic, black magic and, how it should be done mm-hmm. on the last call. So, um, you know, you you can't put a somebody else in the box of what you want for somebody else. You can't make somebody love you. You can't. 
Well, you can put them in the box. It just you, won't you necessarily stay there. Yeah, it just doesn't really work very well. That's all. Um, uh, and sometimes it does work to a degree. Um, but the other person has a far more stronger point of attraction of their own mm-hmm. compared to yours. You know, you will never have enough stronger enough point of attraction to control somebody else. It just doesn't work that way. Earlier this past, or toward the end of this past week, uh, we did a podcast on the topic of victimization. And mm-hmm. one of the key concepts that came out of that podcast is that when you try to, in your words, put somebody else into a box, you're really setting yourself up to be a victim. Yeah. Which you don't really think about. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's not like the first thought. I, I The first thought coming into my mind is if I try to get you to do what I want you to do, I'm making a victim of myself. No, that's not the way it works. Mm. That's not the way we think about it. But nevertheless, that is what happens. Yeah, because, it's, it's, because we're basically setting ourselves up that the only way we can be happy, the only way we can have the kind of life we want, the kind of you know situation we want, if somebody else does is, what we want, is if they do what we want them to do. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's actually a lose lose, but we don't think of it that way. We think that I mean, how many people are there that I know who are activists, political activists, and they'll make the argument, "Well, you've got your head buried in the sand." You know, you, you, yeah. you, you've got to stand yeah. up to this stuff because yeah, if yeah, you don't, yeah, the yeah. world's going to fall apart around our ears. You got to face reality. You got to face it. You got to face the reality. Yeah. And they don't seem to actually understand that what they're, the way they're choosing to face it is creating a reality that they don't want. <laughs> but nevertheless, what they don't want and getting more of it and then they get confused. <laughs> they do. They do. Well, I, well, they don't necessarily get confused. They, they become determined in many cases. Like, well, okay, that didn't work too well this time, but it will work next time. Hmm. I myself to a tree or whatever. <laughs> if that's what it takes, you know, you do what you have to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because um, we're not here to face our reality. We're here to create our reality. That that alone is the is a tough concept because when early on, when you're first exposed to the idea of ask, believe, and receive – you, I mean, that is a creative process, but I know myself, I don't feel like I'm creating anything. You know, I, I put out my now. first, my first deliberate, well, not now, I mean, early no, on. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm putting up my, my deliberate ask. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pushing myself to believe and I'm not receiving all the time. In fact, a lot of the time I'm not receiving. So this stuff doesn't work. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I have complete understanding of anybody who doesn't appreciate respect or like or tells me I'm talking rubbish, you know, I, I completely respect where they're coming from. You know, it's not necessarily their reality and they haven't. And it's not a fun place. They haven't started to exper- experiment with it. They haven't started to see true for them. And uh, it, it's true. You know, I keep on saying to people, do you want to test the law of attraction? Start with something simple, something small. Something you don't have a strong active vibration against, like most humans, I would say, don't use money as uh, as, as as your first port of call to test the law of attraction. Probably not your best bet. No, nah, that or the new Ferrari bet. or you know the, the million <laughs> yeah, dollar yeah. house. Yeah, the, not your best place to start. No, but winning the lottery. Focus on a on a pencil. You know, you don't really care if you have a pencil or not. <laughs> There's not too much active vibration going on there. So you know, use something small, something simple. And it can be fun. You pick something as ubiquitous as a pencil. You know, because there are so many of them around, all of a sudden pencils start coming into your like all over the place. Do you, do you know what I did? I started doing Jaguars. You and Wendy. That was my, sorry? Wendy Dillard owns a Jaguar. 
arrive. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So cool. But I just started saying, you know, I wanted to see more of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not hugely into cars, so it wasn't a big issue for me. Why Jaguar for you? Um, I, uh, to be honest, it goes back to James Bond movie in my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> so when he wasn't driving the Sterling, he was driving the Jag. Okay. <laughs> in one of the movies, Jaguar was the car, and I kind of liked it. <laughs> That's about as close as I get. So I have to go on a side note and and say that I can't remember what it was. Was it the Olympics or whatever? Where they they did the whole thing where where James Bond brings the Queen onto the scene. I can't remember exactly uh, which event it was. Oh, in the helicopter. Yeah, in the helicopter. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> I think she liked it too. <laughs> Well, you know, James Bond is a very British. Oh, yes. Very much a symbol of Britishness. <laughs> um, so, where were we? We were talking about um, saying no, yes. Okay, so the the other thing which really want to cover in greater depth along the way um, is the law of attraction teaching, and specifically Abraham Hicks' teaching, is incomplete without certain other pieces of information that they give. One of them is your emotions or your guidance system. Yeah, that's a big one. To me, if you don't put that into the whole mixing bowl of what the law of attraction is about, it's not complete. Oh, well, not only is it not complete, getting it in there is revolutionary, particularly yes, for somebody absolutely. like me, because when the first time that I was exposed to the idea that my emotions are my guidance system was was very much an eye opener because up until that point I had no use for my emotions. I didn't know what to do with them. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. And not only that, even if they're right they're wrong. Even if they're wrong, they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, well there's that too. Especially if you have to listen to your religion. <laughs> no well no, I ran away from that when I was fourteen. So yeah, that, yeah. that wasn't one. I had plenty of other things to deal with, but not that one. Yeah. Um, but a lot of us did have that religious aspect. Mm. Okay, I've had sex before marriage, and oh, now I'm going to hell. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, it was a short life, but, but it, it was a brief good. one. It felt, <laughs> yeah, right? it, felt it felt good. It felt amazing. I felt so connected. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hell. <laughs> Well, actually, you think about that one long enough, you say to yourself, well, maybe hell's not all that bad of a place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good girls go to heaven, bad girls go everywhere. <laughs> I love Madonna's song. <laughs> I, I, I've mentioned this one many times, but there's a Far Side cartoon that I absolutely adore. It's my favorite one of all, in which there's a, a guy in hell. There are flames all over the place, and he's sweeping the floor in hell and whistling. And just whistling, having a good time. There are two devils on a parapet above him, looking at him, looking down at him and saying, you know, I don't think we're getting through to that guy. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Talk about it. having perspective in your circumstances. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, hell. Never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll broach that quickly. So there was this guy in the sauna. Mm. <laughs> My sauna. So he, he was 
he was really interested in what I was saying, and I taught him the law of attraction, and I taught him other bits and pieces and emotional guidance, and he lapped it all up. He really enjoyed it. He was fascinated with it. And then the next time I saw him, he said, Louis, I've been thinking about everything you said, but, you know, there is evil in the world. There is definitely evil in the world. Now, I know he had been through a lot. You know, he had been through these support groups because he had had problems, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I know it had been really, really tough for him. So I sat him down, I looked at him, and I said, you know, you've told me you've had a really interesting life. So tell me, have you done evil to people? Have you been bad to people? Have you been horrible to people? And have they been evil and bad and horrible to you? And she said, yeah, yes, yeah. You have no idea. You have no idea. I said, okay, so tell me, I'm seeing this really clear-eyed, handsome, healthy-looking individual in front of me. <laughs> have, have those experiences not carved you into the person you are today? Mm, good question. And he looked at me, and he looked at me, and he, said, and he wanted to say no, but he said, well, yes, I, I have to say yes. <laughs> and he didn't really have an option because – so I said, were they really evil? Ah. Or, or were they pivoting points? Were, were they – when you know what you don't want, you have a better idea of what you do want. Did they, did they not carve you into the person you are today? He said, wow, no, not a bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to him, do you know, do you know how you, do you know how you get rid of Satan? How you can completely eliminate him? He said, how? I said, let's give him love. He said, what? I said, yeah. What's the one thing? Evil can't handle. Love. What a concept. As Abram would put it, is, is, is a negative vibration can't be in the same space as a positive one. All right. Same, same concept. It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. So, so I said, I'm sure your priest or pastor has not been telling you to love Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be basis, basically, uh, <laughs> A basis for excommunication from many churches. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> when it is the only thing that can save them from it. <laughs> Which is very ironic to say the least. It is, it is. Especially when you, consider, when you consider what the word excommunicate means. Break it down for me? Well, to communicate, excommunicate actually refers to excommunion. In other words, you are blocked from taking communion. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. So you will no longer be able to uh, eat and drink the body of Christ. Eight in that. Sacrament. Yeah. Yeah. Which. Which what? Which wouldn't bother a lot of us now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, as, as I was saying, I don't really have any problem with, with any religion because when I look at the period of time I was in the Catholic Church, etc., etc., I was growing. Oh, sure. Um, and, and, and it was a valid place for me to be at the time, mm-hmm. even if it brought hives to what I didn't want. <laughs> it brought hives. I like that. That's good. <laughs> me out in hives. <laughs> Yes, I am allergic to religion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but then you get greater clarity what you do want. So That's true. No more it, hives. It, yeah. There's, it, it, to me, I, I think religion is very good for a lot of people. Uh, as a place to be temporarily, like for all of us. Well, people, are, for the most part, don't tend to be there temporarily. I mean, especially the most fervent and the most devout. They're there for quite some time. And and that can that that for me it created some degree of confusion. Like, why would somebody want to stay there for such a long period of time? And well, I, I still don't have a clear I, answer. I, I found that the one thing I loved about reborn Christian short phase phase of my life, and even going to the Catholic Church, was the social aspect. Well, that's really true. Honest. Yeah, that's huge. You know, you you go for the social, you really, you know, you, you kind of switch off. Um, that, that, that's kind of default, I think, to a lot of people who go, um, and they'd really enjoy the social side. There's a really nice lot of people. They've all mm-hmm. got a similar vibration. Yep. And everything's comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I was listening to one of the podcasts about breaking out of comfort zones. The comfort zone, yeah. Um, it was great. And, um, yeah, so going back to what's the definition of the law of attraction, the law of attraction is the attractive magnetic power of the universe that draws similar energies together, it manifests through the power of creation everywhere and in many ways. Even if the law, even the law of gravity is part of the law of attraction, the law attracts thoughts, ideas, people, situations, and circumstances. So sometimes I feel that, that, that verbal statement of breaking it down like that to be quite valuable as well. One of the concepts that made uh, the whole thing about attracting what I didn't want clearer to me was the two-ended stick metaphor. When I heard that one, that, that was for the first time that I really did understand how I could attract something I didn't want. <clears throat> you know something really funny? Somebody really close to me said this. I was explaining the law of attraction to them. and I said, if you say no to something, um, <clears throat> If you say no to something, you're saying yes to something you don't want. Mm-hmm. And they said, the universe is not that stupid. Okay. Well, that, that's a different concept. The universe <laughs> is not that stupid. Okay. I was how, off to it. <laughs> uh, well, how stupid do you think the universe is? <laughs> <laughs> well, that depends if their point of view or my point of view. Is well, yeah, I, I would be saying that to them, but yes, I understand. Yes. <laughs> Um, but it, it definitely got me thinking I'd never had that answer before. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is another way of looking at it, I suppose. <laughs> um, That's where the concept of vibration actually does help. I, I wondered for yeah. a while why we talked about vibration. But when you talk about something like that answer in terms of vibration, it becomes a lot easier to understand what's going on because no, then it's no. not about the words. It's about what's going on behind the words. Yeah, the universe hears what you mean, not what you say, is you're getting your head around that as well. It's, yeah, same difference, same concept. Yeah, same concept. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it's, it's... Which is ironic because we often blame other people for, you know, don't listen to what I said, listen to what I meant. Yes. <laughs> you're supposed <laughs> to read my mind, right? You're supposed to know what my vibration is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Do you, do, you, do you know we've always gone through life and we, we can feel what people mean? We, we kind of read between the lines. Okay, what we're reading there is what they meant. It's the real meaning. It's the vibrational interpretation. That's a good point, yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. In fact, 
how many times have I pushed myself to engage with somebody who I could tell was in a negative place? Very often. It's, it's, uh. it's astonishing how often I've done that. Yeah. Um, it's quite happy to engage with them as long as you're remaining highly positive. It's yeah. Not, yeah. It's of no value to, to, to them if you go down to their level. And that's just the thing, because most often I did it when I was not strongly highly positive. Most of the time yeah. I did it because, you know, I was kind of feeling sorry for them and allowed myself to get dragged down to where they were, which mm -hmm. didn't help much at all. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Ramdas? Yeah. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard any of his stuff in a long time, but yes, uh, long time ago. This was quite funny. I was listening to something he said. I actually saw him live in London once. Mm hmm. Um, but he was saying that, you know, he was a Harvard professor and he got thrown out for taking too many drugs and he went to, to India to find some master to, to learn from. Um, and when he arrived in India, he, he saw this mass of poverty and he was horrified, mm -hmm. absolutely horrified. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, poor them and, you know, how could they live like this? And, you know, all these questions going through his head. Sure. When he sat at the feet of the master for a while, he, he came back and um, and uh, he he saw the same bunch of poverty people. Obviously, he was in an ashram or something, um, and he looked at them and he he was shocked because what he saw was they were looking at him with pity. <laughs> <laughs> same people. <laughs> yeah, that's a little eye-opening right there. <laughs> Uh, it was very funny. I, I remember Louise and I had a similar experience um, for our honeymoon. We went to Barbados in the Caribbean, huh. and uh, like you know, almost any country like that, there there is a little section where people live in hovels. Uh, they're, they're a little more than like boxes with open ends. That that's where they they live and sleep and eat and so forth. But and at first, our, we had the same kind of reaction. You know, oh God, how t terrible! Nobody's ever improved this poverty situation and everything else. And, and then we ended and then you up, found out how happy they are. <laughs> uh, it, not initially, eventually okay. what, what, yeah, what yeah. initially happened was very shortly after that, we found ourselves on what I'll call public transport. And I don't mean government run transport. I mean like, you know, publicly available, you know, uh, yeah, those kind of and so forth. Taxi so, so, things. Yeah. Um, the, the, the motorized rickshaws and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, when you uh, get packed on with about uh, 12 other people onto one mm -hmm. of these little minibuses and get uh, driven around town at a rate of speed that probably in most places would, would be outlawed, um, you begin to realize that these people aren't all that unhappy. <laughs> Actually, they're like skiers going down the expert trail. Like, whoa, yeah. here we go. <laughs> they're, they're living by the seat of their pants. Pretty much, they, yeah. They carpe dieming, which is what they should be doing in any case. And we're in the backseat going, <laughs> Joining in with seizing the day, yeah. <laughs> it does give you a different perspective on those huddles, I have to say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then there are the people who, uh, they, they have little, um, mini marketplaces that sprout up here, there, and, and everywhere. And, you know, at first, all you see is them, you know, shoving their goods in your face, you know, look at this, look at this, buy this, buy this, and all that. And then you watch them from a more detached viewpoint. And you begin to realize they're enjoying that too. You, at, at first, the way I experienced it was at first, I, I saw it as 
them expressing their dismay and frustration at their poverty. Hmm. But after watching for a relatively short period of time, I realized that was not an accurate depiction. What was actually going on is they had discovered the method for getting uh, wealthier Westerners to fork over the money, and they kept going with it, and they were loving it. They kept doing it over and over and over again. Uh And that gave me a completely different perspective on what really goes on in somebody's life like that. Now, do I want to live like that? Absolutely not. I, I have no interest in living that life, but they do. Well, and if they don't, they can change it. And they can, yeah. Yeah. So that helped. That helped me a lot because it helped me to let go of a lot of the preconceptions that I have about people living in whatever conditions they live in. And while I haven't completely let go of it, I've gotten – I'm a lot better than I was when we went on the honeymoon, I can tell you that. And that's the right right progression. That's the progression to be in. Mm Mm-hmm. I know I've only got a few minutes, but I just want to say at some stage I'll, I'll talk about my apartheid South African upbringing. Well, we should probably spend an episode on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that one could take a while. Well, let's save that one for next week because that, that could clearly be really, really interesting. And we do have yeah. to get our, our messages in too, so let's take the last few minutes yep. to get the messages in as well. The first one being, have you subscribed yet? If not, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Subscription is how you get all of these episodes that we do. We do 11 episodes a week coming right to your smartphone every single week. So take the time to subscribe if you haven't done it so you can get all of them instantly coming right to your phone, a little notification saying, hey, the latest episode is here. And it's really easy to do. The instructions are on our homepage at LOAToday.net. Also, I can just explain it to you. I mean, Louie can explain it to you. If you have an iPhone, simple. Go to your podcast app. Open it up. Do a little search with the magnifier. Type in Today. Bam, there we are. Click the subscribe button. You're subscribed. That simple. On an Android device, not quite that simple. You have to get podcast software installed as an app first, but that's easy enough to find through the Play Store. Go to the Play Store, find an app, plug it in, boom, do a search. There you are. We're subscribed. So it's really easy to do, but if you if you need the instructions written out for you, that's what we have them for at allwaytoday.net. And for those of you who are existing subscribers, please take a moment to just keep putting out there on your favorite social media channel that you've been listening to LOAToday.net because it's working, Louie. It's working. I mean, I mean, in the last three months, I've been saying this for the last few shows now, in the last three months, we, like three months ago, after like a week that a podcast episode had been up, it would have like 70, 80, maybe 90 plays on it. Now, 180, 190, 200. We've doubled it in three months, and we've done it just by having people put out there, hey, I've been listening to LOAToday.net. It's not just that. Oh, it's mostly that. <laughs> oh, and the universal law of attraction. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you, you, you don't put that out there without feeling good. Well, you could, I suppose. You could say, oh, I've been, they've been forcing me to listen to LOAToday.net and I am at my wits end. I mean, you could actually do that, I suppose, but even that would attract it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, no, please keep uh, uh, putting out there that you're uh, uh, listening because that really is getting it into the hands of more people. And we want, Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people to get their daily dose of happy because that makes us a happier planet. And it speeds up the amount of time that uh, uh, attraction comes to us. We're down to 14 seconds and counting. We're going to be down to 12 by the end of the year. I know it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cop diem, everybody. Absolutely. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again next week, Louie. Fantastic. Me too. You're going to tell me about uh, all all your experiences with apartheid, right? This is going to be good. (laughs) All right, let's do that. All right, sounds good. And we will see you all next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.